When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everybody welcome back to the south end zone here on the pigskin podcast network i'm your host jason bailey i'm alongside eric molehair as per the usual uh eric what's happening man what how was your weekend uh it was good it was busy um our oldest was back in town for my younger daughter's birthday she turned 14 today so we celebrated yesterday before everyone had to leave but uh yeah winding down a little uh it ended up being a four-day weekend kids were out of school wife was off of work so it was a good time a lot of football too uh, it was a lot of football. How did uh, I, I know Dalvin Cook went off this weekend for the Vikings? Did they actually win? I didn't see the final score. They, they did. They tried like hell to lose. They they were <laughs> up. Uh, so we went out for lunch for my daughter's birthday, and I was kind of following the score on the phone because the restaurant that we were at uh, in River City, which is near the Jacksonville Airport, had like six TVs. Well, none of them were showing the Vikings game. So I'm following the score on my phone and like. A couple minutes before halftime, probably they're up 21 to three. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, the Bears are not very good this year. It's kind of in the bag. Uh, food shows up, we eat, drive back. It's about a half hour back to the house. And I, I look at my phone to see if the game is worth turning on. And Chicago's got the ball, uh, drive 21 <laughs> 19 and driving down to, to try to score. They end up kicking a field goal to take the lead. But, um, no, Vikings got a got a touchdown and a two point uh, near the end. Chicago in a two minute drive and uh, got a strip fumble and closed it out. So uh, tougher than it should have been, but my Vikings did pull it out. Nice. Well, I was just happy that Dalvin Cook finally showed up in fantasy. I drafted him in the first round this year, and he finally did something for me. Finally. Yeah, so. they have not gotten him going yet. Like really. Yeah. Like, going going like yeah they could hopefully this is a trend because <laughs> what him scoring two get, touchdowns that'd be fantastic yeah, getting my first win this weekend in week four or week five not good so anyway enough on the nfl uh for the moment anyway uh now for our listeners uh a little bit of uh change in show format here moving forward at least uh for the foreseeable future uh timmy has got some uh family stuff that he's dealing with uh you know maybe say a prayer for his dad he's not well so uh timmy's gonna take some time off from the show and uh deal with that and support his family so we uh our thoughts are with him so he'll uh i'm sure he'll be back eventually but he will will come back when appropriate and i'm sure he will have some spicy hot takes and plenty of butter cream to pass out oh yeah he'll he'll have uh 
you'll have a, a handful of cases built up by that point. So yeah. uh, <laughs> speaking of buttercream, let's go ahead and get into this debacle of picks for me again. Uh, you guys, man, you guys are on fucking fire this week. What about that? Just sh- straight up dominated. Yeah, it wasn't so, too bad. I mean, and, and Timmy and I were both him more than me, but we were both close to a four and a week or at oh, least yeah. in spitting distance. <laughs> well, I was on the opposite end. I went 0 and 4. Yeah. So, um, not great, Bob. Old Miss and Vandy under 62 for me. I mean, that game got into the 80s, I believe. So, uh, 80 even, yeah. 52 yeah, 28. I, no yep. one saw Vandy scoring 28 points, though. That's, you know, in your defense. <laughs> well, you know, I didn't see it, but it happened. So, yeah. Uh, Kansas State won uh, <sighs> 11 to 10. Bad, bad beat. And one of the, one of the ugliest games I've, I think I've seen, you know, in quite some time. They won by one. They did not cover two. I, whatever. I don't care. Utah. Eric, this is, I got to be honest, I did not see this one coming. I didn't. That that was one game we talked about, and I, I wouldn't have touched it just because I wasn't really sure what UCLA was about. Um, they, you know, their schedule up until this point has not been particularly daunting. Uh, Utah was their first real test and they, boy, they passed. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a UCLA team that had their back against the wall against South Alabama. Right. Yeah. That's, you know, they haven't played a real high level opponents. They've blown a couple of teams out and won comfortably, but they've also struggled in some games they shouldn't have, like most teams do. But I, I didn't know what to make of UCLA, but I think I'm starting to get the picture now. Well, we all took the over on them, but I did not expect one of those uh, nine wins to be Utah. And Utah came in as a four and a half point favorite. They got absolutely destroyed. Now, the, the score was 42 32. That's not really a good depiction of how dominant UCLA was in this game. I mean, they ran up and down the field on them. Charbonnet rushed for a buck 98, I think, and a touchdown. And uh, DTR, he was uh, our player of the week, you know, on offense. So we uh, put that on our Twitter page, uh, at South End Zone Pod, for anybody who wants to go check that out. So he was our player of the week on offense. And, I mean, he he did whatever he wanted to do, you know. <laughs> it just Pretty much, yeah. It was a complete and utter dominant performance. Utah just got physically manhandled up front. And I don't know, man. I don't like their chances now to uh, what I I called them a playoff team at the beginning of the season. And Mm -hmm. I don't even think they're going to cash on the over for us at eight and a half. I'm starting to see why Vegas put them at eight and a half, you know? Yeah, because I remember we talked about that being kind of. You know, we felt that was a little bit uh, disrespectful, like borderline disrespectful. Like, ah, that's probably a game too low or a half game too low. But uh, I mean, they can, I think they can still get to nine, but they're going to have to work for it. Yeah, they're going to have to beat USC this week, which uh, we'll talk about that game here shortly. And then the last one for me, I took Oklahoma with a caveat that if Quinn Ewers played, Texas would win comfortably. And not only did Quinn Ewers play, Dylan Gabriel did not play. Yeah, that that was a stack deck. Yeah, I mean, it was the most lopsided victory uh, in the history of the Red River game. So, <laughs> 49 zip, Texas just smoked them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question about this real quick. Is Texas the best team in the Big 12? 
in my opinion, I still think Oklahoma State is the best team top to bottom, both sides of the ball in the Big 12. So but, on a neutral field, if you put Oklahoma State and Texas on a neutral field, what would the line be? My guess is it probably it would probably be Texas, like something in the two and a half to four range. Yeah, see, I would have it. I would have Texas like seven and a half. Really? To eight? Yeah, to eight. I think with yours, Texas is just different. Yeah. I think that version of them that we saw against Alabama is what what they actually are. You know, with yours in there. I mean, because if you look at that game, Xavier Worthy didn't have a ton of yards. He didn't have a ton of touchdowns. He didn't, it wasn't like a one-man show. It was a complete and utter methodical physical beatdown. And I, I mean, I know Oklahoma's a smoke screen, but man, I, <laughs> I just, I don't know, man. I'm starting to buy into the fact that maybe Texas is really fucking good, and that loss to Texas Tech is just kind of an outlier because yours wasn't playing. Well, they're I mean, just different with that dude in there, man. They lost by three. I believe that was on the road with a backup quarterback against Texas right. Tech, who's not a bad team. Yeah, um, and, like I uh, just, we've already, and we've already discussed if they had Ewers for the whole Alabama game, they probably win. Yeah, I think. I mean, they're. I think they're one quarterback sack or one quarterback hit, maybe away from being six and zero at this point. And they're, yeah. they're a very, very good football team with him in there. Um, they're different. But still pretty good, I think, when Hudson Card is. And I, they could be the, the best team in the Big 12. I mean, up until a couple of weeks ago, I would have said it, it felt like it was going to be a rematch with Oklahoma State and Baylor. Yeah. Um, but I, I think Oklahoma State and Texas are two, are the two best teams in that conference, which is quickly becoming my favorite conference just because of how wide open it is. Hmm. Um, well, no, but, no respect for TCU. No respect for the Horn Frogs. I well, and they might, they could very well earn some coming up here. <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, moving over to Timmy, he took Clemson minus twenty and a half over uh, Boston College. That was just, uh, just a super beat, one-sided. Yeah, yeah, beat down. Nothing to take away from that. Boston College stinks. So, yeah, I mean, twenty and a half, not enough. Uh, so Clemson looks like Clemson, Ohio State minus twenty six. They went on the road and did what we expected them to do. Yep. Just thumped Michigan State. Michigan State stinks. And uh, what did uh, our boy from uh, Standing Room Spartan say? Fifty two to ten is what he called. Yes, that is. Yeah. He was he was close, relatively um, close. Yeah, forty nine to twenty, I believe, was the final. Yeah, so. it's definitely he got the the flavor of that game right. But uh, oh, yeah, yeah, our guy C.J. Stroud. Uh, more touchdowns than incompletions that'll that'll play yeah six touchdowns good grief just doing what he wants marvin harrison had three scores i believe good god yeah that dude's not even draft eligible yet no it's uh it's an embarrassment of riches and then uh timmy his last one that hit he took purdue plus three they covered purdue the big 10 west might have some merit to it i'm starting to think maybe he was right um I don't know. I, I I've been skeptical, and they just they win a game here, win a game there, and they're they're just they're not going away. But yeah, they won that uh, they won that one outright. Yeah, pretty crazy. And then he took uh, Florida State over NC State. <sighs> Florida State had the lead for that entire game and ended up uh, kind of pissing it away there at the end. So yeah, they oh god, that was rough. They it's a bad beat. Yeah, yeah. If anyone didn't see it, I mean, they're in field goal range. Um, 
probably 30 or 40 seconds left. They take a, they take an end zone shot. They have a receiver who is approximately six, six two thirty, uh, named Johnny Wilson, who is a really good player. And they, they throw a, a corner ball in the end zone, um, kind of a fade route and they don't throw it to him. They throw it to, you know, the running, the six foot running back, um, didn't love it, but yeah, they, they dropped that one, uh, let Timmy down. Yeah. Brutal, pretty bad ending there, but, uh, overall not a terrible pick NC state, not all that great. And then uh, let's see, moving over to you, you took Louisville. And against my better judgment, I thought, no way. I'm not touching Louisville. And they end up covering, getting that you was, the minus three. Yeah. And like I said, that was a strictly. Without pick. Malik Cunningham, by that the way. That was strictly a fade UVA pick. Yeah. And- the, like they drilled UVA. How bad is Virginia when you lose that bad to a Louisville team that does not have Malik Cunningham? Well, pretty bad. Um Yeah. They're, they're about terrible. as bad as we thought. Yeah, really fucking bad. And then uh, you had a play on that Purdue-Maryland uh, mm-hmm. game. You took over 59 and a half. Easy money there. Yes. Nice uh, job. Yeah, real real easy. Uh, yeah. Maryland scored a touchdown to try to tie with like 20 seconds left to make it 31-29. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, yeah, lovely. Easy money. Never a doubt. Yeah, right. But, Never uh, but uh, and then your last one that hit was North Carolina plus four, mm-hmm. and uh, Miami, whew, man, they're in a world of shit. Yeah, they're they're bad on offense. They still have not gotten figured out how to get Tyler Van Dyke right. I think they're just bad in general. Like, I don't well, think I mean, they're they're, good- they're they're bad overall. I, I was yeah. I was surprised that they held North Carolina to twenty seven points because I've not seen a ton of great things from Miami's defense, but. Um, I, I don't know. I, I kind of felt like the wrong team was favored, and I should have made this my upset pick, um, but whatever. Yeah. Well, shit happens. But uh, let's see here. All right. So I'm going to kick that over to you because that's all our picks. You went three and one. Timmy went three and one. I went 0 oh and four again. Ugh, God. So what was our fortune favor that favors the degenerate picks? Because I, I, I honestly didn't even write those down. So we had three of them that that made the show last week, um, but there are three other picks that we probably we owe a tip of the cap to, and that is our our favorite listener, that damn guy who went three and zero. He was on uh, I'm sorry, he was on LSU Tennessee under sixty three, Georgia minus thirty versus Auburn, Mississippi State minus eight versus Arkansas, and those all covered. So congratulations to that damn guy. Uh, yeah, we uh we we kind of all liked all of those picks, you know. I I think we all liked the Mississippi State one the most because KJ Jefferson was not going to play, and they just put it on Arkansas. Arkansas is kind of reeling, man. They've got a lot of injuries. Just yeah, they got, their- they got a tough matchup this week, man. Got to go on the road to BYU. So yeah, they have a tough matchup every week. It seems like they have they always they routinely get like a hard hard schedule, but yeah, the back end of their defense is just kind of a mash unit but yeah it's it's cheeks it's not good so um i, I don't know man that game I, I wasn't overly surprised now he was on uga minus 30 i'm just i'm not one to take a 30 point line in an sec game but uh 
Auburn, man. Just yeah, speaking of cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just another typical, you know, Auburn performance. When I saw Stetson Bennett streaking down the middle of the field, yes, untouched no one, for 60 yards, I was like, good God. Yeah. Nobody, team. nobody, not a defender in the same zip code as the mailman. Um, well, I think that's mostly because Georgia's offensive linemen were just kind of relocating. Auburn's defensive lineman to a different zip code. Yeah, they, man, every week, I, not every week, I don't watch them every week. Every Auburn game I've seen, they looked progressively worse and worse up front, especially on offense. Um, I shared some, uh, some Twitter videos. I, I shared some Twitter videos with uh, some friends of mine mm-hmm. of, of Auburn offensive linemen. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not joking. You do like, I, I think well, I put one in the group chat where, yeah. The right guard, <laughs> the right guard just lets the defensive tackle run right by him, and then just stands there and blocks. Yeah, there's air. a guy on either side of him that goes right past, and he doesn't even lay a hand on either. I mean, dude, these dudes have just quit. They've quit on Harson. They they ain't trying to play hard. Probably just, not. No, I, I don't see it. They just that was a blowout, and it could have been a lot worse, in my opinion. It could and have. The, Georgia didn't really get going offensively in, until late in the first half, but yeah, yeah. So, know, and then his last pick, um, LSU Tennessee under sixty three. I didn't personally didn't like that, and I think you would have preferred the over. Yeah, I would have bet the over as well. Um, now we all liked Tennessee in that one. That was one of our fortune favors the degenerate picks we all like tennessee minus three um actually tim liked tennessee minus 30 he said they were gonna thump them and yeah he was dead nuts on yeah. man that, i wonder what I kind was, of odds he could have gotten tennessee minus 30 like teasing there's, that there's no telling i mean like, like he, plus two thousand. <laughs> yeah I, it would have been a serious payout i don't oh, know but goodness. uh man that i mean he called it and he meant that shit too. Like he, when I went, went back and listened to these, he's like, Tennessee by 30, they're going to dump these dudes. They're just going to roll over these guys. And I was like, yeah. eh, I don't know about all that. And yeah. Well, here we are. I, I mean, I, I don't know how much stock I put into, you know, because I'm, I made the comment about how it was dumb that it was an 11 o'clock game. Yes. And I don't think that would have made a difference. You could have made this at 8 p.m. under prime time under the lights, and it would not have mattered. Yeah, <laughs> I think you could have kicked this one off at 3 a.m. and it would have. Yeah, I mean, it, won. I think they were just clearly the better team, regardless yeah. of the time of day. And we've we've talked about their defense, about how it's kind of suspect, and I don't know what to make of the fact that they had five sacks and nine tackles for a loss and only allowed 55 yards rushing. I don't know whether to point and say LSU's offense sucks. Or if Tennessee's defense is actually legit. I mean, what do you think? I think their defense is underrated, and I think they're not great defensively, but I think they're good. They're giving up 18 a game, which is like 22nd in the country. You know, and you yeah, come, as coming as into the season, if I'd have told you, hey, Tennessee is going to start off 6-0, and you would assume that they're going to win a bunch of games 54-48, to 48, right? Yeah. That's, that's what I would have assumed. And, you know, they're – they're not good. They're good enough defensively. What really works in their favor, I think, is you know, hear coaches or analysts talk about complementary football. And I think Tennessee is a really good example of that because the best thing for their defense is when their offense comes out and scores two touchdowns in the first quarter and hmm. really kind of forces the other team to maybe try to get more aggressive and push the ball down the field and run a little less than they might otherwise want to. And once you can make an offense one dimensional, 
you're just that much better off for it. And I think that's part of it. But the other part is they're just playing better defense than I thought they were going to. Yeah. Uh, All right. So before we get to our uh, special segment that we've got planned here, I wanted to touch on some other notable games that we uh, didn't have picks on or that we didn't talk about. Uh, Michigan. You know, they kind of started slow, a little sluggish. It was tied at halftime. And I think uh, Mike Hart collapsing on the sideline with a seizure kind of sort I of wa- just. I didn't watch anything from uh, or any of that. From everything I've read, it kind of sounds like that's the case where guys were a little shook and maybe yeah. not, you know, yeah. distracted like you would expect them to be. But All right. I think once they coming out of halftime got word that, yeah, he's, he's stable, he's going to be okay they're able to, to kind of pay, you know, put, put their eye on the prize a little more and they came out and, and really kind of did whatever they wanted in the second half. Well, the good thing, they, they actually looked like they can throw the ball a little bit. You know, McCarthy, he threw for 300 plus and three TDs, you know, Corum, they still gave him 25 carries for a buck 24 and a TD, but you know, Ronnie Bell had a great game, 11 mm-hmm. catches, buck 21. So they they really looked like a complete football team especially in the second half. So, you know, notable for sure, because they've sort of struggled at times uh, to be balanced on offense. And man, a Michigan team that's balanced on offense, dangerous uh, for anybody. So uh, another notable game I wanted to touch on, uh, the college game day game, TCU and Kansas. Did you catch any of this game? Because I watched a fair amount of it. I did not because I was watching uh, LSU Tennessee, which I think is the one that was on at the same time. I was kind of bouncing back and forth between that and the Red River game. Yeah, we had we had two TVs going, so I had this one on the uh, I had this one on the no like the no sound screen at mm-hmm. first, and then yep. once Tennessee got out of hand, we switched to where there was sound on this one. And man, this was a super exciting game. There was forty two points scored in the third quarter. <laughs> I mean, just oh. it was back and forth. And it was just wild, man. And I, I kind of feel bad for Kansas because TCU did pull it out, 38-31. Uh, Jalen Daniels, they, you know, he went down. But their their backup, Bean, I mean, he he didn't look terrible. I mean, he threw for no, 262 he, and four TDs. Yeah, he looked – I mean, in terms of a backup quarterback, he played really, really well. Um, yeah. Way better so, than you could ever expect your guy to come in off the bench. And that was that was one of our uh, fortune favors to degenerate picks that would have been a push. Because uh, TCU was favored by seven, they won thirty-eight, thirty-one. Now we all didn't like the line; we all liked the over, which would have hit. Um, oh yeah, yeah, the over was seven uh, and a half. Yeah, which it I think the total came out to sixty-nine. So yes, yeah, thirty-eight, thirty-one. So yeah, did cover that. So uh, I don't know, man. TCU big matchup this week against Oklahoma State. We'll see. That's at TCU, I believe. Kansas still was- ranked, and they rightfully should still be ranked. They've got a good resume. You know, one touchdown loss to an undefeated TCU. Not terrible, man. Yeah, road wins. Um, you know, Houston, West Virginia. They'll 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 be fine. Yeah, I agree. And then uh, let's see here. Some other notable matchups. Uh, the Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. I didn't see much of this game. I mean, Texas Tech kind of jumped all over them right out of the gate, but then I mean, there was a ton. Of, there was a ton of points scored in the first quarter. It was seventeen fourteen after the first, yes. and uh, yeah, I watched. I watched yeah, most yeah. of this game. This was on. You know, I don't have the the dual TV setup. I've got the TV and laptop setup, and yeah, this was one of the games that I had on in that time slot, and that was a 
uh, it's pretty fantastic game. Well, like I said, I didn't see much of it. I just bits and pieces here and there. But I mean, Texas Tech, I don't think it really matters who they have at quarterback. <laughs> I think they're I think they're all equally good. So yeah, not particularly. I, if they could play a shred of defense, they would actually be a pretty formidable team. But uh, Oklahoma State kind of hodgepodge. Spencer Sanders wasn't great. They still get the job done. Still get a win. So I, I just I, I'm I've got concerns about Oklahoma State's defense. Man, I don't think they can stop anybody. They haven't done it yet. Well, they're they're okay in spurts. I mean, when when they needed to be good on Saturday, they were. They gave up seven second half points. Um, yeah, against te- you really can't ask for much more than that. I think they got like six straight stops. Um, yeah. So no, they're not like last year where they're a top three, top five, like elite defensive unit. Um, their Oklahoma State is kind of starting to look like what we all thought Tennessee was going to be coming into the year, where they're going to play just good enough defense to 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 beat you in a game that you know totals out to ninety. <laughs> well, yeah, it's uh. Oh, man. I don't know what to make of that team. Pretty interesting. Now, a couple of others that were some surprising outcomes. Did not see Arizona State beating Washington. Didn't nope. see that one coming. No. So <laughs> that that was a little bit surprising. I think Washington turns out to be just as big of a smokescreen as we thought after that loss to UCLA. So apparently they're not quite as good as we thought they were. And then uh, a couple of others here. BYU. Close but no cigar. Notre Dame quietly just getting it right. I would like to point out that uh, since converting to Catholicism, Marcus Freeman's three and zero. So mm. Mm. <laughs> he was not Catholic before, and he was owed two. Well, well owed three really because of the bowl game, and then yeah. since he's converted and he's a Catholic now, he's three and zero. So what right. do you make well, of that? I, any coaches out there that are listening, we found a competitive advantage, I guess. Yep, that guy can coach with God on his side. So I don't know. That's probably what it's going to take for them to win out. But yeah, uh, probably. Yeah, because their offense is still not great. But uh, I wanted to touch on this really quick. Last year, I said that Brett Bielma was the best offseason coaching hire mm-hmm. for Illinois. Yes. Kind of had a down season, you know, first season, whatever. It, it's expected. You know, I mean, they were a dumpster fire when he took them over. Illinois is five and one and ranked. Yep. And <laughs> they deserve to be ranked too. And and their one loss is a game they easily could have won. They that was my upset pick. They got they got boned out of a touchdown call in the second quarter. And I think that affected some of the decisions they made later on that didn't go their way. And yeah, they, they could easily be six and zero right now, but they yeah, Bielema getting it done. I mean, there was a stretch in this game where I believe it went something along the lines of this. It's like Illinois punts the ball. Or no, Iowa punts the ball to Illinois. Illinois muffs it. Iowa jumps on it, loses 10 yards. Yeah, punts again. Punts again. Muffs again or recover the fumble. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then Illinois ends up fumbling in their own, you know, in their own, inside their own 10 yard line. Iowa recovers, loses, loses 10 yards, yards yeah. kicks and another field goal. I mean, it was just a Kirk Ferentz scoring drive. I mean, it, 
I've never seen an offense this bad. I mean, I know we keep mentioning it, but my God, they suck. Yeah. They're, just, I'm running out of, of ways to describe how bad they are, but yes, I mean, agree. Uh, you know, it's, zero touchdowns, two field goals, eight punts. That's, yeah. It's brutal. You know, and 222 yards on 66 plays. They're just that. I mean, they're just bad. Yeah, it's disgusting. All right, last couple here. Uh, Bama, how much of this game did you watch against Texas A&M? All of it. Okay. Now, I thought Jalen Milrow played pretty well, considering what they asked him to do, other than the turnovers. Like, I feel like if there's no interception and two fumbles, I feel like this is a pretty comfortable win for Alabama. I mean, would you agree with that? Well, sure. But I mean, that, I think that's the case. Anytime you you win a game, you turn the ball over four times. It's like, right. oh, if I didn't turn it over, I'd have won by three scores. But no, he did some good things. He he. the The thing with the turnovers is, I, I looked at that more like a Texas A and M forced them than he just, you know, was careless with the ball or made a bad decision. I, yeah, I, I guess you're right. I shouldn't take anything away from A and M's defense. They actually played pretty well considering some of the performances we've seen early in the year from them. Haynes King, I thought, played pretty well, 250 and two TDs. I mean, it's pretty solid. Yeah, they were uh, much better offensively than I, I would have expected based on what yeah, I've seen of them so far. Agree. And I, I do think that, you know, limited opportunities, I think they probably should have gave uh, A-Chain the ball a little more. He had 16 carries. I would have, if it was me, I would have that guy touching the ball 25 times a game. Yeah, but, probably. I mean, especially without Anaya Smith. But I don't know, man. I fully expect Bryce Young to play this week against Tennessee. I think that was mostly precautionary, you know, for him to be out. But uh, came down to the wire, man. Texas A&M had a chance to win. And, yeah, uh, they did. You know, came up short there. Pretty bad play call there in the end zone. I, 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 I didn't, don't really. Yeah, I didn't. Let, well, eh. I mean, if it if it works out, everybody thinks he's a genius and nobody cares. But it yeah. didn't hit, so people are going to question it. Right. I just zoning in on one guy, like knowing ahead of time before you even snap the ball, like I'm throwing it to this guy, period. Right. And he doesn't run the route deep enough to come back and still be inside the end zone. Like, you know, he catches the ball. He's at the one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like even if the pass isn't incomplete. So, you know, that, that pylon front pylon route, you would ordinarily want the guy to run maybe maybe two full steps deeper before he comes back. It's just the pass rush. I don't think allowed that kind of time to sit back there and wait for that to develop. So yeah, I just, I, honestly, I would have been tempted to just hand the ball off. Yeah. So, I mean, would I wouldn't have hated the, the play call either. I mean, honestly, I mean, he's your best player. Yeah. So why not put the ball in his hands? But uh, I, I mean, from the three yard line, it's tough, but I would have understood the play call as well. I mean, and speaking of running the ball, that's one good thing that I can say about Alabama the last couple of weeks is their running game has really gotten going. Gibbs yeah, they've, they've, they're coming around on that, which is yeah. exactly what they needed. Yeah, pretty much. So I think Milrow, you know, I think he's certainly a weapon running the ball, but he, you know, I think he did what he needed to do to be good enough. I mean, A&M had 17 points off turnovers. So yeah, you set them up with two short fields. That's going to happen. But uh, I don't know, man. I think uh, a lot of people are overreacting to that a little bit, and people don't realize, like, yeah, A&M has had some, some, you know, foul-ups against teams like App State and others. But, I mean, you're going to get, when you're Alabama or Ohio State or Georgia, you're going to get everyone's best game. And we saw it 
you know, when Georgia went to Mizzou, they struggled. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen it with Ohio State when they struggled with Indiana in the past. You know, yeah, and I we, think we saw it with basically every conference road game Alabama had last year, right? Yeah. Like LSU, Arkansas, Texas A&M. Yep. You're, you know, you're, when you're at that level, you're the Super Bowl for a lot of teams. Yeah. Right? You're everyone's big game. So, um, but, you know, that's, that's probably going to happen more to you than it's going to happen to, you know, Cal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or Rutgers, uh, you know, so it, it looks like a letdown game and you know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. It's probably case by case, but it's more apparent when those great teams don't look as great as you're used to seeing them. Right. Cause it's easy to get up for those guys. Yeah. You know, you're playing Alabama, you know, Hey, I, I need to be like 100% top of my game. Well, if you're playing South Carolina. You don't necessarily have that same mentality going in maybe. So let me ask you this looking forward a little bit, if you didn't know what the Alabama and Tennessee line was, pretend that it's not out from Vegas yet. What would you set the line at for if Bryce Young is playing and for if he's not? If Bryce Young was playing, I would probably favor Alabama by something in the, you know, eight to 10 point range, Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, like nine, nine and a half. If Nick Saban, held a press conference today and said Bryce Young just had surgery and Jalen Miller Rose our starter for, you know, indefinitely, then I would God, I would I'd be more like in the two and a half, three and a half range. Yeah. Yeah, we're right on par there. I, I put it on Twitter today. I would have uh Bama at eight and a half with Young and I would have them at uh eight and a half or nine and I would have uh I would have him at two and a half to one and a half if uh, Milro was there. So I, I think Bryce Young definitely worth a full touchdown. <laughs> so yeah, it almost feels like Vegas doesn't know, and they're sort of kind of straddling the middle, right? Because yeah. seven, right, or seven and a half currently. Uh, I think it's down to seven and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't seem to really, you know, unless they think Bryce Young's going to play, and that's what they think the line should be if Bryce Young's in there. I can't yeah. imagine they think it's a seven and a half point game with Jalen Milrow starting. Yeah, no, I, I feel like that. That's one reason why I feel really comfortable. Young's going to play. They know, <laughs> they yeah. know. If they're putting it at seven and a half, eight and a half, they know yeah. he's going to play. So it would shock me if he doesn't. Uh, all right. Well, let's. Uh, we're going to do the camel call on the second half of the show. But I'm going to okay. before before we do that, I'm going to. Uh, tell our listeners about our corporate sponsor which is DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL now you guys I mean I don't know about you Eric but I'm on DraftKings all the time so I love watching all the touchdowns big plays and I mean with DraftKings I'm getting some even bigger wins so now for our listeners if you're a new customer you can bet just $5 on any NFL team and get $200 in free bets if they do and so in addition to that, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Now, Eric, we talked about this a little bit in the uh, group chat before uh, Minnesota playing Miami this weekend. Kind of like Minnesota there, given that uh, Tua may not play. I don't know what the line's going to be. but uh, uh, I looked this afternoon. I think it was two and a half or three that Minnesota was laying on the road against the Dolphins. 
and kind of tells me that they don't think two is going to play and and maybe even questioning whether Teddy Bridgewater, who is also in the concussion protocol and is the backup down there, will play. Yeah. That, that'll be interesting to see. I have a feeling if, if both those guys are ruled out, maybe that line moves. <laughs> yeah, I would uh I would have to agree. So that that's one that I would be excited. But I mean, that's that's an exciting matchup anyway. You've got Hill and Waddle and all those dudes. I mean, it's just a lot of star power on the field there. Uh, so now to make things even sweeter, you guys can throw down on stepped up sand game parlays once per game day all season long. So now to do that first, you've got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TPPN. To get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's promo code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Now, minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply, so check our show notes out for those details there. All right, Eric, so now let's do our camel call, something we have not done in forever. What is happening with the Campbell University fighting camels? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> yeah, we're overdue on this. Um, is the bad news. The good news is that the Camels pulled out a win, uh, thirty-four to twenty-eight win over Charleston Southern. Their second straight W takes them to three and two on the year. Uh, quarterback Haj Malik Williams, sixteen to twenty-five for two thirty-seven and two touchdowns. Also ran for forty-three yards and another score. And uh, defensively, Dorian Jones and Aaron Maddox each had an interception. They move to 1-0 in the Big South Conference. Next up is uh, 0-5 Robert Morris, followed by a visit to Jackson State, coached by Primetime himself. So roll humps. Oh, man. That will be a big-time matchup there. I'll be interested to see what they do against Dion. That'll be good stuff. Yeah, see if Mike Minner wants to actually shake shake his hand and dap him up after the game. Maybe. I don't know. Minter, man. He's got those boys looking right. A lot of improvements made this year because it was a rough season last year. It was. But, but uh, all right, so moving past the camel call here, let's get into the meat of the show here, which is we're going to, instead of for our listeners here, now normally we make some picks every week and we track our progress and all of the above. Uh, now, if this is your first time listening to the show, you can go back and check out that format, how we do that. But normally we make three picks each and then we pick an upset uh, on the money line. But with Timmy being out, we're just going to go straight to Fortune Favors the Degenerate. And we're going to bounce around and talk about the biggest games of the week, Eric. And we'll just take turns. You can pick uh, – You now you put all these games in our group chat here, this list yep. here. So I'm just going to let you pick. You go where you want to go first, and we'll discuss that, and then we'll take turns and bounce around. Okay, I'll just go right down the list, All and right. uh, we'll we will actually. There's a handful of uh, un, undefeated matchups. All right, uh, there are. Let me see. One, two, three. I think there's six of them or five. Uh, five of them. Yeah. I, well, Penn State, Michigan, Kansas, and Oklahoma, Alabama, Tennessee, Oklahoma State, TCU. Those are all undefeated teams. Yep. So, oh, well, yeah, because Utah is not undefeated. So, yeah, there you go. So, four games that include undefeated teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's even a list. couple of a couple of games that feature two one-loss teams uh, in yeah. conference play. So, yeah, big week coming. It is. It's this is actually a really pretty pivotal week. Um, but we'll build up to the unde- unbeaten. All right. Uh, matchups, and we will start off with Kansas at Oklahoma, who. 
I was really surprised when I saw this line, but Oklahoma <laughs> minus seven and a half. What do we make of that? Man, I I got to be honest, man. Based on what I saw last year and what I've seen from Oklahoma the last few weeks, I mean, if Dylan Gabriel, we don't know his status. We don't know Jalen Daniels' status. But if I'm going to go ahead and assume that both of those guys end up playing I still like Kansas in this matchup. I don't think Oklahoma can stop them. Right. And that's my thing is whether, whether Dillian Gabriel plays or not, Oklahoma has, has still given up 48 points a game their last three games. Yeah. Like, it, you know, unless he starts playing free safety, it really doesn't matter whether he plays or not. They, you know, and, and Kansas showed that they can move the ball with the, the back of quarterback. So I, if you're giving me seven and a half points in this one, I would gladly take Kansas. Uh, you know, they're averaging 40 points a game. You know, against against the current version that we're seeing of Oklahoma, yeah, I, I would take, I would take the Jayhawks and the points. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know that they win the game, but I would absolutely take all of those points and think they stay within a field goal or within seven points. I just, I, I mean, if you're going to give me more than a touchdown, I'm with you. I would take Kansas and the points and run. Yeah, especially especially seven and a half, not seven even. Like that's a big half point. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't get that one. But yes, that's what that's where I would go with it. Um, yeah, and there's some uh, now. Just looking at this really quick, I mean, there are some sevens out there. If you're, you know, if you want to bet Oklahoma, there are some sevens out there, depending on what platform you use. But that's the best you're going to find anywhere. So if you're betting Kansas, yeah, you can get them at seven and a half and run. So, yeah, yeah. If you're trying to find Oklahoma on a good money line bet, they're not going to be the underdog anywhere you look. No, like, no, no, no. Yeah, you're plus two twenty five there on the money line for Kansas. So, oh man, that's that is it's juicy. That is, <laughs> it's, that's that's really tempting. Oklahoma, <laughs> Oklahoma coming off of a fucking forty nine to nothing loss. Ugh, man, I would be tempted to bet that. Just like fucking, I'm throwing yeah. throwing down the, on and, a parlay. And the week before was just as bad. Yeah. So, uh, next one up, a couple of Big Ten um, struggling Big Ten teams, and I, I wanted to bring this up one or this one up, not necessarily because of the line, and that is Wisconsin at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wisconsin favored by seven, even which we just talked about. I don't like that number. The number I'm more interested in is forty-eight. Is there any Under. reason? <laughs> is there any reason someone should be tempted to take the over? You know, because with Michigan State, you think, oh, God, their pass defense is terrible, but it doesn't matter when you're playing Wisconsin. Well, how bad your pass defense is. Was, I don't know what uh, this is one of those situations where uh, interim coaches, I think, over the last three or four weeks are like nine and one. <laughs> so, you know, I don't, I have no faith that Michigan State can keep this game close. However, Graham Mertz, I, under Jim Leonard, maybe he does something. I mean, they looked pretty good against Northwestern. They thumped them 42-7, to seven, and I don't think Michigan State's defense is any better than, um, than who did I just say, Northwestern. Northwestern but I think, yeah. I think their offense is probably as good or better. <gasps> so You would think. But, but – I would probably take the under 48 just because yeah, 48 State just seemed, seemed, seemed high to me watching these teams. Um, 
especially after watching Wisconsin and Illinois. And I get that Illinois and Michigan State are drastically different in terms of style and strengths. But, uh, yeah, I would be on under 48 there if it was me. Yeah, I would listen to a, I would listen to an argument either way. But speaking of uh, speaking of questionable games here, I'm I'm going to send one to you right in your wheelhouse here. James Madison, mm-hmm. five and zero, ranked first year in the FBS. They're five and zero, and they're ranked, and they should be ranked based on yeah. the resume. They are on the road at Coastal Carolina. I, they're mm, they're on the road at Georgia Southern. Is it Georgia Southern? Yeah. Coastal has Old Dominion. Well, then you put it in the group chat wrong. Did you I? Got it. Yep, you did. Okay, I meant Georgia Southern. They're, they're okay. Yeah, they're laying ten and a half at Georgia Southern. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was listening to uh, a clip on Twitter. Uh, I believe it was yesterday. Uh, who is it? Josh Pate, late mm-hmm. kick guy. Yeah, yeah. Pate. He was like Georgia Southern plus the ten and a half. Take it and run. So I don't know if I buy that. Um. I kind of do. I, ten and a half is a lot to get at home in a conference game, and it's kind of the same rationale I used with Iowa and Michigan a couple of weeks ago. Well, how'd that one work out for you? <laughs> well, not well, but <laughs> if you're if you're asking me if Georgia State's off or Georgia Southern's offense is twice as good as Iowa's, the answer is yes. Oh yeah, easy. Uh, I mean, Georgia Southern is moving the ball. Um, I kind of like the over more than anything, sixty three and a half here because Georgia Southern's defense is not real good but uh i think i would take 10 and a half points i think that's enough you know james madison they played a soul i think the best team they've played is well I, they beat app state um yep, they beat happy state so yeah ha- haven't played anybody maybe isn't they haven't played five good teams i know that no um, <clears throat> so 10 and a half points for a team that went on the road and you know beat a big 10 team i think i would take the points there Mm. I'm gonna leave that one just out there. What's the total on that game? What's the sixty-three and a half? Sixty-three and a half. Uh, give me the over. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think that's a high scoring affair. I think it, I think you're probably right. So uh, next one I wanted to throw at you was Florida State and Clemson. Now, I. Mm. I don't feel great about Florida State's chances here, and I I could be way off base. I I mean I if, am I crazy to think Clemson's just gonna take care of business here? I, <laughs> trying well, to give Florida State some credit here, but what's the line? Let me. I'm trying to yeah, find Florida it. Florida State's plus four, and I plus would take, four. Yeah, there it I is. Would take, well, it's actually down to three and a half. So yeah, plus plus three and a half. Okay, so other people agree with me. Um, I would take yeah. the four. If you can get it at four, I would take the four. Because And here's why. Uh, it's a night game. They're at home. That place is going to be juiced up, right? That place is going to be electric. Um, and they're coming off of two tough, close conference w- losses. And they're kind of backed into a corner, right? Some people call it, uh, you know, wounded animal mode. Kind of a f- flight or flight type deal. And I think they're going to... You know, Florida State could easily be six and zero. Yeah, know. I mean, in all reality, they probably should be. <laughs> and the, you know, I I think they can hang with Clemson. Uh, Clemson's looked much better offensively. Their defense is still their defense, but you know, Florida State can move the ball. They're kind of sneaky good on offense. They they've got they lead the country in twenty plus yard plays. 
right? Wow. When you're talking about teams like Tennessee and whoever, right? Florida State, numero uno. So, you know, they can get it done offensively, and I think they can move the ball with some success. And I think I would take the four points for them at home. Yeah, see, the only thing that concerns me about this game for Florida State is that I, I don't know how well their offensive line is going to hold up for four quarters against Clemson's defensive line. So I'm with you that for like three quarters, maybe even three and a half, that it's going to be a relatively close game. But I just I see this as one of those games where Clemson maybe gets a big sack, big strip fumble, turnover, something towards the end of the game, and then just kind of puts it away and wins by, you know, eight to ten points. I just I don't know. I I think the opening line at seven and a half is a little bit more in line with what I like here. Mm. Well, boy, if I get it at seven and a half, I'd be all over that. I think I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, that is interesting. All right, well, your turn. What do you got for me? Um, this is a team that I kind of I, I wasn't real high on them coming into the year, and I'm starting to regret it because they're looking good. Leech. Oh. Um, we did the SEC West preview and I kind of going through and I was like, well, you know, someone's got to finish last in this division. And I guess it's, I guess it's them. Um, so I think I took the under seven on them, if I remember right, or under six and a half. Well, let's check that. I could tell you right now what you did on SEC Mississippi state, uh, myself and Timmy were on the over six and a half and you took the under. Okay, well, that one's gonna that one's gonna miss for me because they're five and one, and I think they are probably going to win. Um, they're at Kentucky minus seven, and I think they cover that. Yeah, this is one of those things. That if if we knew for a fact that Will Levis was going to play, then I would say uh, I don't know. I would probably take Stoops and the points there, but if Levis does not play then I concur that Mississippi State, you know, just does what they need to do because I think defensively they're good enough to certainly stop Kentucky if Will Levis is not part of the mix. I just yeah. I think they're, they're I think they're do or die with Levis. I would I would agree. But I also think Mississippi State is kind of like Tennessee in that their defense is maybe a little bit under you know Mississippi State's given up 21 points a game and that's not what you're used to with Mike Leach. So now, uh, who has Mississippi State played thus far? They're five and one. Let's look at their schedule here because that's something I meant to do earlier. So they've played Memphis, Arizona, LSU, Bowling Green, Texas A&M, and Arkansas. So they played a depleted Arkansas team without KJ Jefferson. They played A&M's trash offense, Bowling Green, LSU's trash offense, Arizona, and Memphis. So they've yet to play an elite offense, and they still won't this week. So I, I think it's more of the same. Yeah, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think they know? go to six and one. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, six and a half, I'll take it. I think they cover that. I agree. So, <sighs> Mike Leach fixing to be six and one, going to play in Alabama the following week. That'll yeah. be uh. That'll be interesting. That will be. Um, and then staying in the SEC, LSU, we just talked about their offense. They're oh, visiting. God, you're going to make me pick an LSU game. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll, yeah, I'll skip that one. You can give that one back to me. Let's go out west. Uh, USC at Utah. 
Oh, man. This is another one that might surprise you as far as who's favored. Uh, Utah is a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Trojans. And I'm not even sure. I'm, I haven't decided what I think yet. This is one of those things. I Typically, Utah under Whittingham is pretty good coming off of a loss. That's one. Yeah, usually Two, they're, they're very, very good coming off a loss. Right. Two, they're at home. USC has not played a soul yet outside of, you know, Oregon State and a decent Washington State team. I I don't know, man. If you just put a gun to my head, I would probably take USC in the points at plus three and a half. But who do I think wins? Probably Utah. Mm. I just I think Utah's more talented than them on defense, certainly. I don't know that USC has the dudes uh at running back to, you know, do what UCLA did to them. What you know, I don't I know Lincoln Riley's a play calling guru, but I when it comes to running the ball, I give the edge to Chip Kelly in that department. So I I don't think Utah's gonna turn it over enough for USC to win. I guess is what I'm saying because they have been very opportunistic to this point. Yeah, that's and, and that's my hang up with with USC. I, I think I would take them just because I'm getting those points, but yeah, um, I'll tell you if they don't force two turnovers, they're I think they're in trouble. I'll tell you, I I like the over more than anything here. To be honest, after what I saw from Utah's defense last week, and uh, I mean USC, every team that they've played against has moved the ball on them consistently. Yes. And they've just relied on turnovers. So if Utah can avoid turning the ball over, I like the over 63 here all day. Oh, 63? Ooh. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay, yeah. This morning it was 60 and a half. So I guess a lot of people like that over. Yeah. Yeah. It opened to 59 and a half. It's up to 63. That's what I would that's what I would lay my money on more so than the line. I, mm. I think oh I think the over would be the play there for me personally. So, uh, kicking that game back to you, going oh. back to the SEC, Florida and LSU. Um, I Florida's would take, laying t- Florida's laying two and a half right now. The total is forty nine and a half. I would take Florida and lay the points, but I wouldn't feel great about it. Um, to me, this depends really on how does LSU respond to that loss to Tennessee. Um, do they kind of, you know, tuck their tail and, oh, God, you know, we got drilled at home conference game, you know, because they came back, they responded pretty well after they lost their opener to Florida State um, in kind of heartbreaking fashion. But I don't know. It, it's one of two things um, to me is either Florida is going to win by 7 to 10 or LSU is going to come out and just stifle them and win by 13. I don't know that it, <laughs> I don't know that I expect a a close nail biter game. I think it's going to swing one way or the other, kind of wide, depending on how LSU comes out. Yeah, I mean, looking at the total forty nine and a half, I'd probably take the over on that. But then again, LSU's offense not great, not great, Bob. So I I like the Gators here. I think they cover two and a half. I mean, it's open to two and a half. That's where it still is. So. No movement there, but 
I mean, let's see what's the best I can get here on this game, depending on platform. So you can get a plus three if you wanted to bet LSU. Their DraftKings is at plus three. But uh, I would take the Gators at two and a half here at home, night game. LSU coming off just a blowout loss. I, I think they're dejected. I think they're beat down. <laughs> Going yeah, on the road after something like that, give me Florida. Yeah, speaking of dejected and you know, kind of the general theme of their attitude, kind of step away from these picks for just a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you watch LSU, does Kayshawn Booty look like the same guy from last year, or does he just seem like he's maybe – I don't want to say mentally checked out, but maybe not as focused or maybe a little disinterested. Well, we saw it in the first game of the season against Florida State. You know, we had the handful of drops and mm-hmm. he's, you know, pissed off on the field and this, that, and the other. But I, I, you know, I don't want to throw any shade at the kid, like personally attack him. Right. But at the same time, I'm with you. He does seem like he's a bit checked out and like he's frustrated and he's just kind of like, you know, he he, he pulled the typical, I'm going to pull all the LSU shit off my Instagram type stuff and throw out some cryptic tweets and then say, oh, well, I'm a tiger for life. And I think it's just kind of a drama, a little bit of a typical wide receiver, yeah. uh, a bit of a diva, <laughs> if you will. So I, I think he's insanely talented. Yeah, but I don't think he's got the quarterback that can get him the ball, and I'm not sure they have the offensive coordinator that can scheme him to get in the right positions to make plays. Because I yeah. just haven't he, seen. He, it. he had a drop early in the Tennessee game. Um, he ran a slant on third down, their opening possession, and it went right through his hands. Yeah, and from then on, he like he like vanished. Other than a jet sweep for minus three yards, he vanished for like a quarter and a half. Yeah. Um, so it just it it I ask because it's really weird to me that a guy that talented uh is is just not as big a factor as you would yeah. expect. Well, and two, I mean he's really their only big time threat. And so I think that's something else you're seeing because Timmy kind of called it before the season with these guys that you know the cupboard is bare, and I didn't really believe it, but Based on what I've seen, man, the, the cupboard does look kind of bare. There's really no big game breakers on their offense outside of him. Yeah. And the, that and, freshman tight end, they got really, really good. But oh, well, yeah, now that, but, but outside <laughs> of him, yeah, I think you're right. They don't, I don't, they, they don't seem to have found a recipe for consistently running the ball well. No. And they don't have, um, you know, d- down the field, right? The, the explosive play guy, I think. It feels to me like they're still missing that. Yeah, and ultimately, I mean, you had Max Johnson last year played pretty well for them. Respect, you know, compared to what we've seen thus far from Jaden Daniels. So, I just, I don't, I don't think Daniels is the guy. I think they're going to have to get a quarterback in there that can sling it, and you know, is just is a threat of some type. Because I mean, when you go down, like we've just seen it from LSU's offense, man. I mean, the Auburn shut them out in the first half. I mean, I mean, that's that's not good. So, I just I'm I'm not a buyer. I've seen enough. I, give me the Gators at minus two and a half. I think they cover it. But uh, all right, um, ACC matchup between right. a couple of uh, well, one one lost team and an unbeaten team. 
uh, NC State coming off that win against FSU is traveling to Syracuse. Syracuse is a three-point favorite at home. Uh, give me Syracuse. Really? I'm not a buy- I'm not a buyer of NC State. Florida State should have won that game the other day. Mm-hmm. I think Syracuse is equally as good or possibly better than Florida State. I mean, if their offense has massively surprised me this year, uh, speaking of Syracuse, right. you know, I, they, well, well, I they both surprised just, me just in different directions, right? Is that, yeah, I, I shouldn't say just their offense has surprised me, but their defense has been exceptional as well, you know, compared to what they were a year ago. But playing at home in the dome, NC State's kind of struggled with some bad teams and just kind of keeps squeaking out ugly wins. But I think the party's over this week. So I think Syracuse keeps the momentum going. I don't know that they cover four here. I would probably lean more towards taking NC State with the points. But I do think Syracuse wins. Hmm. Okay, do you disagree? Yeah. I was kind of on the other side. I, I think I would take NC State in the points because they're holding wins over Texas Tech and Florida State. And I think those two teams are both better than anyone Syracuse has played thus far, uh, depending on how you feel about Purdue. But, you know, they beat Purdue and UVA at home by a combined five points. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, even being at home as a three or a three and a half or four, depending on where you're going, um, favorite. I think I would take the points with NC State. Yeah. Well, like I say, I would I would probably lean towards taking the points as well because I'm not sure that uh, Syracuse can cover more than a field goal. But uh, I mean, the line opened at three and a half, got down to three. Now it's up to four. I. <laughs> I don't think anybody really has a great handle on how this game is going to go based on that. So no, and, and now, NC State has been pretty wishy-washy. Um, yeah, but but there's still some threes out there. There's some fours, some three and a half. So kind of just pick your poison, whatever you want. But uh, all right, so let's move it along here pretty quick. We're starting to run kind of long here. So the last couple that we've got here, we talked about this a little bit. Uh, Alabama, Tennessee. Alabama minus seven and a half. What do you got? Seven and a half. I would um, honestly, I wouldn't do anything with this game until I knew who was going to be playing quarterback for Alabama. And I probably won't know that until 30 minutes before the game. But um, I'll say my piece is over, I think I, I think over I would, 65 and a half. Yeah, probably. Give me the over. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, the spread, right? My pick against the spread depends a lot on who is playing quarterback for Alabama. Now, who I think is going to win the game depends more on Alabama's f- defensive front. And can they get pressure on Hendon Hooker without bringing extra rushers, right? Can they consistently yeah. get pressure without bringing a fifth or a sixth guy and putting putting their, their defensive backs on an island? they can do that i love their chances obviously but um i think i would uh go with tennessee and the points and i've got it at seven and a half currently yep yep i'm actually in agreement i think alabama wins the game especially if bryce young plays but i would take tennessee and the points here if you're going to give me more than a touchdown i think that place is going to be louder than it's been in 20 years it's going to be an absolutely electric atmosphere tennessee's offense is obviously legit 
based on what we saw from their defense last week, I would think that they will be able to get some pressure on Young. I think they'll dial up some blitzes, things like that, because if you look at it, I mean, Alabama's offense has been suspect at times this year, uh, you know, trying to defend the pass rush. So I would lean on Tennessee and the points, but as far as who wins the game, I still think Alabama has the better team and probably wins a close one. So there's a couple of more here. You got anything else before we close this one out? Uh, Minnesota and Illinois have combined to allow 92 points this year through uh, 11 games. Damn. Now that 92 points allowed um, would be 18th in the country um, just by itself. Those two teams combined. So they're both, I think, in the top four. Um, and I cannot imagine Minnesota at Illinois who – is a six and a half point underdog at home over under 39 in what universe are these teams going to score 40? <laughs> I don't know, man. Minnesota is kind of a, this is a weird one to me. Now there is uh Illinois quarterback. What's the guy's name? Shit. I'm drawing a blank. Uh, DeVito, um, Tommy DeVito. Yeah, Tommy DeVito. He may not play here. He yep. is at risk of not playing. So, if Tommy DeVito's does not play, I, I, I would almost – I think that's why this line is moved because it opened at three and a half and there's rumors he may not play, so it's all the way up to six and a half. I would take Minnesota and the points here. Even on the road, I think they kind of get back right after that debacle we saw a week ago where, you know, uh, they threw three picks and just looked like utter shit against Purdue. I, it's still Illinois. I know they're five and one. I know they beat Iowa, all of that, but it's still Illinois, man. I mean, well, I still like Minnesota, Minnesota to win, but it's you know, yeah. I just anytime you see a a, a Big Ten West game with a a total in the thirties, thirty eight and a half, yeah, yeah, the kind of the the weirdo in me starts. Uh, can I can they get under that? And I think these guys can. It's quite possible. I mean, based on what we've seen here the last few weeks, but 38 and a half, a little low for me. I would probably take the over in Minnesota and the points. I think maybe some overthinking going on here. Fair enough. So, all right, let's get one more in before we shut her down here. So the last one I'm going to throw your direction is, Let's see. Let's pick a good one. Oklahoma State and TCU. We haven't talked about that yet, have we? No, nah, we, I mean, we talked a little bit about it at the beginning, but yeah, I would say. Uh, all, right, give me- let's, all right, let's get these rapid fire in on these last two. We got Penn State, Michigan, and Oklahoma State, TCU. Let's go Penn State, Michigan first. Okay. So Penn State on the road at Michigan. And that line is currently, you got it in front of you? What is it? Oh, there it is. It is Michigan minus seven. Total's yeah. 52. What do you got? Uh, I have Penn State plus the points because that's what my wife said. Oh. I, I couldn't decide, and I was like, hey, why don't you help me out? What do you think? Um, <laughs> she she thinks Michigan will win, but she doesn't think they will win by more than a touchdown. So, um, Oh, man. No, I don't like the seven even, like as we've talked about. If you can find yeah. it seven and a half somewhere, uh, obviously go for that. But um, Yeah, you can get a six and a half. I can get you a six and a half at FanDuel. Yeah, well, then – uh, 
yeah, I'd probably take that. I think I would take Penn, Penn State and the points. Mm, I like it. Uh, I'm actually on the other side of it. I'm, I'm on Michigan here. <laughs> I think Michigan, after that balanced look that I saw a week ago, I think Michigan covers this pretty handily. Mm. I could be wrong, but uh, I think this is the week where we see Penn State get exposed. Uh, you know, I just I know Michigan hasn't looked great against some of the better teams like Maryland and stuff like that, but I don't think Penn State has the type of offense that Maryland has where they can just sling it around and beat you deep. I don't think Penn State's that team. I think they're kind of built like Michigan where they want to run it right down your throat. I think that plays to Michigan's strength. So mm. give me Michigan minus seven. I like it. And All then right. the last one, Oklahoma State and TCU, battle of Big 12 unbeatens. Over. What do you got? Over, over, over. over. <laughs> What's the total? Uh, I have sixty-eight, but it's probably gone up since then. Since uh, sixty-eight and a half. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fine. Over. Over. I agree. Over. All right. What do you got on the spread? It's TCU minus three and a half at the moment. I am taking the Horn Frogs in this one. I'm going to bet against Mike Gundy. Of course you are. I'm. I'm going to go with Gundy. I think he is. <laughs> I think he is a supremely underrated coach, and I'm going to back him if you're giving me three and a half points. Hmm. All right. Well, that'll be interesting to see. We have run a little long here, so we appreciate you, our listener, for sticking with us under our new format here for the time being. So uh, in the interim, you guys can find us on Twitter at South End Zone Pod. You can follow me at Jason Bailey 47 You can follow Eric at Eric Mulher. And we will be back with you next week. Now, we're doing a mid-season review next week, right, as well? That'll, yeah, that'll be TBD on whether that is going to be part of next week's episode or a standalone product, but we are next week, some form or fashion, we are going to review all of our preseason Vegas win totals and how, you know, the ones we've hit, the ones we've missed already. Um, there's, there's a handful that have been decided and then kind of the outlook on some of the ones that are close. All right. Well, I'm pumped up about that. I know that uh, I'm, I'm just happy that Oklahoma under has already cashed before, <laughs> before October's done. So we'll see what happens. But uh, in the interim, we'll be back with you next week, and uh, we'll see you then. Thank you very much. Have a great day.